Welcome back, everyone, to the Rumble Pack. Today, we're heading all the way, basically, back to the, our roots. Well, well, yeah, if you talk about the existence of the pack. Yeah. Mm. We're going all the way back to episode one, where we talk about, spoke about the Resident Evil series for the first time. Mm. We've spoken about this many times since that, how we wonder why we started with number three, <laughs> which was a very random starting yeah. point. Again, it was more of a half volley for us just to walk in. Mm. It, it wasn't a game we loved. It wasn't a game we hated. And you could just get the conversation well, going. Yeah. I, I remember our initial conversations about the podcast was, we got to make sure we talk about games that we didn't like as well. Yeah. So then we started off with a game that we weren't <laughs> that hot on. Yeah, we don't hate it, but we weren't that hot on it, compared, especially compared to the other RE games we've played. And then basically since then, we've just gushed about games we love. <laughs> I know. Well, that's because we haven't spoken about Resident Evil 5 just yet. It's because we haven't even, we, we don't even have the <laughs> physical capability to finish it. <laughs> I know. One hour was just about enough. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, welcome, Will, to another episode, of course. Thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you in the uh, William Bryant uh, studios um, as we find ourselves most weeks. Yes. Well, every week, really. The only times we don't is when, we, when we're on... You know, on uh, on the road, on business trips, usually yes, in resorts and things. And and oh, and yeah. to be honest, we've recorded probably what double the amount of episodes we've released. But every time, I'm trying to like hold the microphone in the pool or out you know <laughs> out amongst the dolphins. <laughs> yeah. I keep dropping the mic and it gets gets all frizzled and the oh, for all God's the, sake. Yeah. I know we got to stop trying to record in the bloody beachside um, infinity pools. Yeah. at the resorts, we yeah. got. I mean, I think we've lost one at each villa just about. They're overrated, the resorts. Mm. Nothing beats the old grimy studio setup that we're in now um, with all the weird background noise you can get. Well, that's the thing. When you, like it's a, we've got all these pads we've spoken about. They're actually soundproof TVs. We've got like, uh, we're surrounded by LED TVs, mm. which is how we know so well about the games because when we speak out loud, we've got this automatic microphone picks up this AI you know, unfortunately, I, I said last week, uh, well, in the bonus episode, mm. which uh, is released before or after this, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I said, I said at the time, AI is, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't really take off too well. Well, but, it's a bit scary. But it's good for us. Yeah, our own developed one is fine because as we talk about the game, we'll say, hey, uh, what about Mario? And suddenly... Every single variation of Mario projects across the wall on all the different little TVs we've got. Yeah, well, and make, we can just offer live commentary as we go. Make sure to not say something um, a bit naughty if, you know, your folks are around. Yeah, pretty much. Because the, it's always listening. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is always listening. And it's uh, it's as unsettling as that, that plush uh, Mario you've got up there um, on, hey, the, that's, on the shelf. That plush Mario has been around since... Uh, I was a, a young boy. Well, it's a, it's a Super Mario sixty four one. It's got uh, he's got the wing cap on, little feathers on his wings, well, uh, looks, on his <laughs> feathers on his cap. Well, it looks like he liked watching you as a young boy. Will, to be honest, mm, yeah, he's not the most settling character to have <laughs> in this room right now. We should interview him one day on the podcast. Okay, we'll give it a go. <laughs> uh, so, just wanted to start off the week. We're going to be talking about Resident Evil 2, but I just wanted to start off just with, you know, to give a bit, get a bit of a pulse check on the both of us mm-hmm. and what we've been doing the last week. We sort yeah. of want to do this each time because, of course, we know you want to just hear about our 
or how my application to Farmer Wants a Wife is progressing for, for a start. But depending on maybe, whether the episode that you spoke of that went before or after this episode, oh well, it's a it's an announcement regardless. <laughs> All the same, and uh, <laughs> we, we you know we we get so we're breaking up. kayfabe. Yeah, we, yeah, we are. But anyway, that was in Maldives. We're in Tahiti now. That's 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 so last week. Can you now explain your farmer wants a wife bit? What do you mean? Didn't I explain it in the what, the episode to come or before? Not that I'm aware of, but I don't actually know because I'm not sure if it's. I'm not sure if we've spoken about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to wait and wait and see. I'll ask the AI. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Basically, just wanted to say, how grand has the Last of Us adaptation been so far? Yes, it has been quite grand. Um, it's I don't know that they've really hit all the notes you'd you'd want from an adaptation of the, that great story. Um, the thing I like the most about it is actually that they uh, the casting. Casting is. I fantastic. think when I first saw Pedro Pascal and. Um, Bella uh, Ramsey casted as uh, Joel and Ellie. Not that I didn't think they were good actors. I just thought, um, I don't know. Like I, I don't even know how to explain it. I just thought they looked a bit off or something. Yeah. Like compared to the 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 models of the characters in the game, that just didn't. They like they sort of look sort of samey, but then they sort of didn't. Um, and I know it's not all about looks. Um, you can pull off great actors can pull off any sort of character, you know. Um, so I'm I'm really pleased that the casting has really come through and proved uh, anyone with thoughts like myself, which is probably actually not that high, uh, wrong. Well, yeah, it, it's, um, it has been spot on. It is really mm. the strength of it. Um, Pedro Pascal, what an absolute sweet spot that man is in. Yeah. He's got the Mandalorian coming out as soon as The Last of Us finishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously, he was in Game of Thrones and he was in Narcos, uh, the first, the uh, original three seasons. Yeah. Is he the and, main character? Because I haven't watched that. Uh, he's a supporting character in the first two seasons, and then he there's like a it's like a weird spin-offy third season where he becomes right. the main character. Uh, so it's like a wrap up season. Yeah. Okay. But but I saw a statistic that on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes he hasn't been on a TV show that's performed at less than eighty nine percent approval rate. Yeah. Great. And that's only four shows, <laughs> but of course he he came onto our screens first, really as uh, Oberyn Martell mm. in season four or, or five of uh, Game of Thrones, and uh, yeah, and he was great in that. I, I really liked yeah, he him. was. I was falling for him actually. He was very convincing in that show, which yeah. made his um, death and it's so shocking as well. He's a super convincing character, and then what happens to him is awful. It is not not afraid to say a spoiler of Game of Thrones now. Um, is he in movies as well, or is he just? TV? He's in a few. Yeah. yeah, he's in the Kingsman, uh, Golden Circle. Really, he plays whiskey, which like with the lasso. Oh, as in one of the like Tennessee dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Oh, I'll have to watch that again. I don't remember him. Yeah, calling he's in him that. that. Yeah. yeah, he's in quite a few things, and he and he's he's great in everything. Oh, yeah, yeah really no, he's very so. good. And Bella Ramsey's she's good in the show so far. Um, anyway, she sounds like Ali. Yeah, she does. She's definitely got the mannerisms down. I um, mean, the, yeah, the the talking, um, the the way Ellie sounds, the way she uh, sort of swears, her aggression, things like that. Yeah, yeah, aggression down. So, yeah, I'm curious to see if she'd play Ellie in a sort of part two adaptation as well, because obviously Ellie's sort of five six years older in the second game. Looks 
quite different. And, and Bella Ramsey's like she she looks young, obviously, but she's twenty. Yeah, but like she's so like, she'll be fine. Yeah, like oh, she, I think they've made her look younger. Yeah, rather than um, I mean, I'm sure they could probably easily make her look older. Yeah. So yeah. No, she's got. I think she, I'm, I'm fully convinced there. Yeah. Uh, so other other reflection for me, just mm-hmm. from the last week or so, is that uh, so starting cyber, Cyberpunk 2077, and um, it's a real sensory overload to start with. Uh, but I think I'll get the hang of it soon and really become the the Blade Runner I've always wanted to become because mm-hmm. it's just the it's uh, yeah just straight out of Blade Runner. Basically. Which um, path did you pick? I chose the, the Nomad. The Nomad is that the street one? The outside, no, nah, no. Nah. Is that the outskirts one? The outsider. Oh, okay. Hmm. There's so, like a street one and like an outsider and then like corporate, right? Corpo, yeah. Yeah. Okay, you picked the outsider. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. It's just um, I don't know if I mentioned before on the podcast, but I really like games that are set in the past purely purely because there's not much technology in the in the in the narratives. <laughs> yeah. Like it is really handy because it's just not you don't have to use all these gadgets or anything. Normally, it's just one or two tools and it's fine and you don't have to think about it too much. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get to the future yeah. or modern, it's just like pick pick your arsenal of 40 gadgets and <laughs> and put them all to hot keys and combinations and I'm just like, I can't do it. Yeah. So, I'm at that point with this game where I've just got to get my head around it. Designed for oh. PC, of course, uh, but then I'll, I think I'll settle into it because I, I think it's got the goods uh, for me to, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I remember there was, when I started playing it, there's, you you start going to some guy who upgrades your like circuit boards on your face and all this crap, like, and you do all these like little upgrades. Yeah. For all of your um, the Ripper Doc. Yeah, all of your like mechanical parts on your body, and there's all these like I feel there's all these menus and all these little subtle changes you can make, and that really drove me away <laughs> straight away. I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't care. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a tinkerer or yeah. a minute. Um, change maker mm. i just want i want to put a new part on me that will give me a new ability and improve strength like say yeah. like say god of war yeah keep it make me be able to see the difference mm. i don't want passive I, I can't i don't i can't bother with passive yeah. abilities and that things. really got me yeah after my, my first go at it and, I, and yeah i could give the game more of a crack i'm sure but i it just that was not my jam instantly but you know well, yeah, what you said, simpler times like uh, games set in the past, yeah, definitely tend to just feel better. Mm. Um, I think that sort of happens with shows as well most of the time. But then your whole world changed when you watched the great show Altered Carbon. Mm. And now you love Cyberpunk. I remember it this time. I really like- A few episodes ago, I couldn't remember the name of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, there's something about the- And uh, Detroit Become Human was similar. Mm. Something about a rainy day- in a futuristic city with androids where nobody knows which ones the androids are and aren't. Mm-hmm. And that's consistent somehow across all four of these stories. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's something grim and unsettling, but there's something about it I really like. I think it's like a whole noir thing. It feels like a, it could be like a 1950s detective comic, well, yeah. but it's set in the distant future, you know? I was going to say, those, th- those, uh, both those products are very investigative. Mm. If that's a word, that yeah, like well, all three. Uh, Detroit become human is too. Yeah, so that's mm. that's a good. Um, I, I guess it's like a good branching point to cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. If if like if Altered Carbon was just about like some dude in the 
city who's like a gangster. I don't know if we'd be, I don't think we'd mm. be drawn to it as much. No. But that in- investigating aspect to it, the sort of mystery to it is what kept us coming back. The trailer. And I think the mm. the cyberpunky um, aspects of it were came were second in the um, priority list for the show and mm. that made him sort of feel good. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you, if you do it right with the right context, I think it could definitely be done well because it's sort of overdone a little bit these days, so. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and my last little thought or contribution before we get into the, the chat mm-hmm. um, or before we hear from you, if you've got anything to share, mm-hmm. is uh, my order of, order of games for 2023 has been is established. Well, your order... My order of games. What does that mean? Your order. The order in which I will be playing games. Oh right. Oh, so literally, your you've set your year out. Not my not the cult. I'm not referring to my cult that I've set up. No, no, no. no, no. I, I just wanted the a order of games of, is not. I just wanted you to describe exactly not. what that meant. I didn't. I wasn't sure. <laughs> so sometimes I need a little bit of help. Let's start at the top. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Let's start. <laughs> let's start at the top. Let's start at the top. So this, very quickly. Sorry. So this. So <laughs> is this more? This is like a commitment. Like this, you're laying out right now the games you're going to play in the in the exact order you're going oh, to yeah. play them for the whole year. Mm. Um, that's I'm fascinated to hear this. <laughs> so we've got Cyberpunk, Horizon Zero Dawn, Dead Space Remake, Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, jeez. Oh, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, and then the couple of games that I'm going to mention later on in the bonus episode that we recorded before but may post after or before. If I did, if we did post it before, I, it's it's The Last of Us, part one, part one and two, and also Horror in the Will of the Wisps. <laughs> but Will can cut that out just if he decides later that he wants to post it in a different order. Oh, there's no cutting. Oh. Well, they're the games. That's what I'm doing. Wow. Uh, and um, also, just um, because I forgot about it, just insert in there somewhere, uh, Jedi Survivor. Um, yeah. oh, <laughs> <I'll be right. laughs> and I've got the whole thing sorted. How good. Uh, it's, oh, what a, what a brilliant plan yeah. for a brilliant man. I've played two games in six months and now I've got 30 games <laughs> in three months. And in the episode that may or may not have come out so far or might may come out after this episode, you said a certain game is going to win Game of the Year easily and that's not even on your bloody list of order to play. How'd you know I was going to say that? Because <laughs> um, the AI told me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what game was that? That's shocking. Oh, well, I mean, you'll have to listen to the episode or you'll have to wait till it comes out. <laughs> well, I think you're the oracle here. Let's yeah, face it. Yeah, it starts with Z. I'll just say that. That's what the AI said. Well, actually, it starts with T, but... The main word in the title starts with a Z. Does it really? Yeah. Oh, no, the Spider-Man 2 as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't oh, even no. think of that then. Oh, okay, everyone, just um, just bear with me. I'll I'll do my best. Um, to Don't stick forget to about Final Fantasy 16 and Final Fantasy 7 2. 7-2? That's what it is. It's like part two of Final Fantasy 7 or whatever. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're derailing before we even get to the point. Uh, but do you have any um, any sort of reflection <laughs> stuff for Will? We've been on air for 15 minutes. We haven't <laughs> talked about Resident Evil 2 yet. Do you have any reflections? Um, oh, the only thing I could say currently is, um, uh, yeah, I've been playing Metro Prime recently and it's a super really fun game. Mm. Really good. We're playing on the... Playing the Prime Trilogy version, which is on the which is a Wii game, so it's got motion control aiming, and it's really satisfying aiming. It's like perfect, like it's just 
so solid. Even better than uh, when I played Resident Evil 4. That was with motion controls, and that was really good. But this is even better. Um, so precise, so fun to use Samus's blaster um, with the Wiimote. And you sort of hold and charge up the shots. You feel the vibration through the, the Wiimote. It's really fun. Um, so, yeah, that game's going well, really well so far. I really like it. I think that's actually a game that uh, you would really like as well. It's a very, mm. very atmospheric um, first-person shooter um, that tells a story in the environment. It's very similar to, um, yeah, something like Bioshock, Dead Space, all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So that's, um, yeah, maybe one day if it ever comes to modern consoles, you might be able to play. It's really good. And just quickly, did I see or hear or something at some point that you uh, have put Splatoon 3 slightly on the back burner? Is that right, Will? Um. You know, you're not quite getting into it, but you're hoping that you'll get back into it at some point. I, yeah, maybe I said that. I haven't really been playing it, if that's what you're referring to, like if that's what you mean. Yeah. It's not on my order of games to play list for 2023. So technically, it's uh, it's not on the priority list right now. I'll always play it, but actually in saying that, I haven't really picked it up for, I haven't really picked it up uh, this year, to be honest. So Really? really? So, but that's just because I've been playing... I've been playing a lot of single player stuff. Like I played, I finished, um, I finished God of War Ragnarok and Cult of the Lamb early into 2023. They sort of carried over from last year, and then I've played, um, I've played a couple of uh, 2D Mario games just on the side for fun, Mario One and, and Three, to completion, and then I'm playing Prime. So, um, yeah, just haven't really been cranking Splatoon, but I'll, I'll come back to it. It's, I still love it. Yeah. We should probably talk about uh, the game of the week, Resident Evil 2. And just as a nice little segue, I was thinking before that uh, you were, we were talking about where we should record the podcast. And I don't think there would any be anywhere better as far as atmosphere, as far as sound quality, um, and as far as just a place great for our general health to run a podcast than the sewers. And I don't think any game... <laughs> There's any game out there, any game series that is more synonymous with sewers than Resident Evil. Yeah, well, this really, this really triggered my hate, didn't it? Yeah. This game, <laughs> those big fat toads that just kept <laughs> popping up, and this is better. Uh, I think from memory, this is better sewers than Resident Evil Three. Yeah, but I, I can't. I don't want to confirm that because I can't remember. We haven't even got to the sewers in Resident Evil Five yet. But res- oh, you reckon there's sewers in Resident Evil Five? Yeah, in and it's in Africa. Oh, that'll be awful. There'll be flies everywhere. Oh, that'll be so bad. It'll be so bad. Oh, there's, there's, there's something. <laughs> there's just something bad, so bad about sewers and in Resident Evil. Shocking. Yeah, because I recall talking about sewers in a very bad light back in the very first episode of the podcast. So we must we must not like the sewers in three. <laughs> yeah, I'm look, not sure. I um, yeah, look, I don't, I don't know. I, I just think the sewers are the worst things in the world. Isn't this? No, yes, no, yeah, number three. That is where my hatred started. Well, I I just don't remember either in Resident Evil two or three. There's a bit where you have to do a quick time event or something where Leon runs away from some massive monster down into the sewers. That was was that four. No, it's not four. Mm. So it's either, it's in two or three, and I think whichever game has that, that's the bad sewers, and it's probably. Well, it's got Leon. 
Yeah. It has to be two. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Okay, well, yeah. it's, it's number two. Let's get into the game properly. All right. Shall we? Resident Evil 2, and we're talking about the remake, mm-hmm. of course, came out in 2017. 19. Thank you. Uh, January 25th, 2019, for uh, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Yeah. It is actually now available upgraded for Series S and X and PS5, and cloud streaming version on Nintendo Switch. Oh, how good. Yeah, how good. So, Resident Evil 2, it's a truly gripping survival horror. And we would have touched yeah. on that a few times. Single and player game, just the way we like it. Yes. Because we hate spending time with each other. Correct. <laughs> uh, and in my opinion, it's Resident Evil in its purest form. And I'm talking about the, well, root, yeah. the roots of the game, yeah. the horror. You know, the, it's. I just think it's, uh, and especially given where we focus on the characters, you know, character of games um, as a whole, I think RE2 is a perfect place for us to, uh, you know, reignite this conversation about Resident Evil, mm-hmm. of course. Or actually, no, probably more so for the podcast because we've, you know, we have been on a bit of a long break. We haven't actually come in to talk about a game specifically for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know, in a breakdown in the in the traditional rumble pack sense. Yeah. Uh, well, we did uh, try it. We did try more than once um, at the resorts, and of course, the, the mic incidents into the pools, and um, yeah, you know, got yeah. the food on the accessories, and mm. you, you keep getting those. You well, keep getting cheese, ac- cheesel, cheesel dust all over yeah. all over my mic. Accidentally left you on an island once, I think. Well, every time, every time you got cheesel dust on my mic, I had to burn and get a new one. Well, it ain't a holiday without a box of cheeses. Can we just get on to the episode? Mm. Uh, so, Resident Evil 2. It's got a pang of this, uh, you know, real 90s, uh, probably, you know, that nonsense of the 90s. It's just a bit weird. Mm. It's got weird puzzle doors and things that don't make sense in this police station setting that, it, that it's in. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's there and it's just it's real, it's this unique 90s sort of feeling and it, it just blends perfectly with this modern day suspense which the remake brings compared to yeah. the original game well weirdly it doesn't weirdly it doesn't feel out of place does it no you'd think something like that would just feel so silly especially when you got you know you're remembering doors based off shapes like a diamond or a square it's like oh i got the i got the key for the door with the square it's like the square key mm. you know and that's like so that's something so simple they, that they could have programmed back in the playstation one or whatever definitely from playstation one era yeah, yeah. and then and then uh yeah 2019 and it's modern consoles and you you think oh maybe they'll but they'll change it to be something more reminiscent of the time than that <laughs> it's still the same yeah but it's kind of like it's kind of like charming in a way it is it's yeah. it's unique it's it's capcom and uh we love capcom yeah kind but- of do love capcom now to be honest <laughs> sort of really turn the turn the tide on that i feel like before we before we started playing resident Evil, we probably um, dissed them for some reason but mm. now I feel like we've come around to quite like them well I mean there's still a reason I dislike them but I'll bring up that later yeah well they, they I love them for this and also like Monster Hunter as well well yeah yeah but so Resident Evil 2's strength isn't in its jump scares either as a horror but it's pure suspense that it builds up through uh, you know Leon's really steady ambling through this gothic uh, police station uh, mm. and, and again and that's basically what makes a strong it makes it's what makes a strong horror game. It's not the yeah. it's not the jump scares permanently. It's just your your skin's crawling almost going through. Oh, yeah. it. And there's certain parts of this game, like you know, there's a particular sequence we've spoken about before, where for a couple of hours, you know, you're being stalked nonstop, and you nothing you can do about it. 
Mm. And you, you can avoid the threat easily, but just knowing that the threat's there, terrifying. Oh, it's a shocker. This game really, uh, yeah, like he said, produces something worthy of, I guess, like horror game royalty in a way mm. where it's it's uh, it's just set up in such a way where it's so suspenseful. It's th- it doesn't go out of its way to be scarier than it needs to be. Mm. It's just the the environment and the and the sound design um, and the pacing of the the sort of uh, main hub of the game, the police station. Um, it really just sets the tone for the sort of horror thriller aspects, and it never really you can re- never really let your guard down around any corner or door through any door. There's there could be something on the other side. Like you might just hear something breathing on mm. the other side, and it's just that sound, that sound design that's uh, so chilling for the player. Mm. Yeah. So it starts. It actually runs concurrently to uh, Resident Evil Three, or vice versa. Really, obviously, this came first. Yeah. Uh, but so it's in Raccoon City. You start off with Leon going to this abandoned um, uh, service station, petrol station, and I, th- I can't remember. You get you, obviously you, you encounter a zombie. He ends up, he's a police officer and mm-hmm. he's or a star PD. I can't remember what it is, like special agent. And he goes into Raccoon City to get to the police station. And that's basically all you need to know, really, uh, unless you've got a key detail, Will. But that, that's, that sets up the crux of it. You're yeah, in this police station. Yeah, I mean, station. Leon meets Claire at the police, at the uh, service station, mm. um, who's the sister of Chris Redfield, who, um, and, and Claire uh, is looking for Chris. Because Chris is missing after the events uh, at the Spencer Mansion in the first Resident Evil game, basically. So um, she's looking for him, and Leon's obviously on his first on way to his first day of the job. And they come across service station uh, run down full of <laughs> full of zombies, and they think, "Well, what the hell happened?" You know? Yeah. And they basically head into um, they head, basically head into Raccoon City, and or the all shits hit the fan completely. On um, on Raccoon City, it's mm. just gone to absolute crap, you know. And just to set up as well, I think this game more than any game really deals with the uh, like T virus. Um, and just to set that up, um, like the first in the first game for Resident Evil, a bunch of scientists from um, yeah, Corporation Umbrella basically try to create this vaccine or create this vaccine that they want to pretty much selfishly sell to like zombify the world a bit and then yeah. they'll sort of and then they want to like save the world to be sort of hero company make them like an army aren't they yeah, yeah they're like trying to set their own um trying to set up their own like really bad thing to happen to come in and swoop and save the day and then become really big company in the market and things like that and basically this guy uh dr william birkin is sort of against the idea and some of the other scientists try to kill him uh, and, and in uh, to save himself, he injects himself with some of the virus, which I think this one might be called the G virus. I'm not 100 percent sure on the details, but basically he injects himself with that to avoid to avoid death, and he turns into this massive monster mm. who we meet in the second game. Um, and during his rampage, a bunch of vials of the T virus fall and get smashed and get licked up by like a bunch of rats and shit, and then a lot of the rats contaminate. A lot of the water, which is in this in the mountains, because Spencer Mansion's up in the Arclay mm. Mountains or whatever, and that's the water that runs into the um, Raccoon City for all the drinking water and stuff. So all the water gets contaminated. 
Uh, all of the city gets contaminated into zombified monsters, basically. <laughs> so it's this whole thing um, from Resident Evil 1, uh, which is where Chris Redfield was and Jill Valentine and all that. Um, and then we get to Leon Kennedy, who's just unfortunately driving into Raccoon City, start his first day on the job and walks into this <laughs> disaster. Well, we've all been there, haven't we? Uh, oh, we all just, get that, yeah. that just feeling when we walk exact into same it. as when I just started my new racing job, you know? Walked into the city of Melbourne and the whole city had basically fallen over. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. They knew you were coming. Yeah. So, it takes us to the police station and the police station, you know, it, it, some of the game takes place outside of this, but the police station is like, far and wide the key uh, location of this game. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like an old, uh, yeah, it's like an old mansion, and um, it doesn't make any sense. Again, it's it's literally like this huge old crank, uh, creepy mansion. But as is always the case with any good horror game, it's set, it's really is the main character of it. It defines mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the police station's full. Um, it's it's gothic and it's in decay. Uh, it's full of very dark, yeah, nooks and crannies, and uh, more or less, it's actually like a big cabinet of curiosities. There's so many yeah. little secret buttons and stuff. He press it, you know, opens up, uh, you know, like a drawer that'll have an item for another <laughs> puzzle somewhere across the other side, which you can't use for like the next six hours, and you're just walking around with it, going, "What oh. do I do with it?" I f- I feel for all of the new trainee cops that went to that precinct and had to learn all of the secret switches and everything throughout the whole building. Well, to get to the basement, just to, just to use the bathroom. <laughs> to get to the basement, you need the four seals to turn the statue around to get down to the to the cars. Like it's crazy. It's the it's the weirdest building. It reminds me of one of those like walk through horror experiences at a um, yeah. theme park or, or like a, haunt, a festival or whatever haunted house sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, as we said, it, it makes zero sense from a realism perspective. But who really cares at the end of the day? Well, um, no, it, do- it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. just, it's just a bit bizarre. As good of a, a as good of a setting as it is, as a police station, it's sort of it's just really confusing. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, when you think about it, it's just it's more. It's also like a big office, I guess. Yeah, a lot of rooms with lots of things, desks, yeah. lots of offices that yeah. you know, like a police station would have. You walk down these really dark, long corridors where zombies are coming in through the windows at different times. Um, there's some doors when you just need to escape, but you, you, you know, I'm just going to duck in here, but you can't get through that door yet. You need the, this heart-shaped key or something. Mm. And then when you have to go back through the same place probably 10 times to get to where you need to go mm-hmm. and you know that last time such and such happened, you know, like a jump scare or something, makes you terrified to go through the same room again. And, and of course, <laughs> yeah. you know, I remember there being one office, for example, where you had to walk through multiple times mm-hmm. or you had to get something in the opposite corner and i had like or oh, ammo is so spare uh, scarce here yeah and i had like two rounds left and i needed to get through this room with two zombies in it and i'm just like how do i get through this so i just avoided going to that room and thought surely there's other things i can do in the meantime spent mm. like three hours avoiding it <laughs> then realizing like i really need to go into that room now yeah and i oh i was terrified because it's just like i i'm not going to survive this <laughs> well especially with some of the monsters that come throughout the game i i didn't actually look the, uh, i didn't look it up i don't know if you've got the name but there is a particular monster inside the police building that is just so stupidly overpowered the one that crawls on the roof and stuff yeah yeah ceiling yeah and yeah i remember you really got to commit to putting those down for good so then when you don't 
when you know you haven't killed it and you know you got to go back that way, you almost brace yourself around the corner or through the door like, all right, I'm going to get, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to run straight this way and I'm not going to look back. Yeah. <laughs> you just absolutely charge through, try and hope, hope you don't die. Not, oh. Most of the time you bloody get killed. And they're always on the ceiling or something. Yeah. Like I remember going down a couple yeah. of times down the stairs and you'd look up and it would, you could just see its outline on the ceiling just staring at you. Oh, it's so but bad. It hasn't, but you haven't stepped into the area for it to be triggered to attack you yet. Mm. So that's where it's really intense. Um, but the fact as well that in this building you can walk around, you know, unsure about how to progress. Cool. Sorry. They're called mm. lickers. Lickers, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you don't know how to progress sometimes. Um, and it's both the, a strength and a weakness, um, I think, of the actual uh, location mm-hmm. or the layout, really, because it's a positive because it leaves us suspended in the horror for a bit longer, you know, and then lets us be adults and it doesn't hold our hands, the game. It just says you've just got to work it out yourself. Like, there's yeah. that just says find the seals, right, which are the, these things to unlock this statue to get you out of the police station. Mm-hmm. But everything else along the way, it doesn't say, okay, now you have to find this bit, now you have to find that bit. It's an open-ended thing and you just go, I've got no idea. Yeah, you you almost got to be uh, like a bit of a detective. You do. Yourself. Yeah. Just yeah. walking around and inspecting. Yeah. And and, and, and literally inspecting things. Mm. Like sometimes you pick something up and you got to look, you got to use the controls to look at the back of it and open it up yeah. to find something inside or something find like that. Find the secret that. button so on you, it, yeah. You really got to do some investigating work, mm. um, which which is cool. Like it's, it's good that they- don't hold your hand like that mm. through that building. It's yeah, it is. Uh, it's a really solid experience. That whole police station. I think one thing in particular I want to mention as well. While you're talking about the, um, you're talking about the getting the seals and the statues and that, the statues themselves, and some of the, the some of the sort of like three D uh, figures throughout the buildings, throughout the buildings rooms, that you sort of run past. That even those are quite creepy to mm. come past. I know some of those white statues in certain rooms, they, like the, the way the some of the lighting comes through the windows or from the lights in the rooms on them, they almost, you almost double take at them. Mm. They might be alive. You don't know. Mm. I know there's like one of a big horse or something like that. There's a you, horse, yeah, three and, horses yeah, or something. Yeah, and you almost just, you almost just double take it like, oh, is the statue sort of shifting? Things like that. And it, it never would, but the game is, you're so on edge, so clenched the whole time that you always expect something to just sh- shuffle. And then when obviously when everything's like a puzzle, it's like the Harry Potter chess game. It's like when everything's a puzzle, you just think, oh, that one thing will probably turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the the police station itself is a quite the ride, but you don't actually, um, you actually spend a fair crack of time in the police station. Uh, before even being stalked. Well, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. So once you're... When the threat of it just being zombies is, is too much to handle at times, mm. as in, you know, you've got very slow zombies walking after you as you slowly open up a door oh, or yeah. you're slow... slow. And you're, you're running like a jog. You, that's the fastest mm. you can go is like a jog. Uh, and you're armed with just a pistol, really, uh, at this point. Yeah. That's your main weapon. Uh, and you're running through the dark halls... They're, you know, like we said, they're they're twisting and winding, but they all lead somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's not really any dead ends, yeah. Uh, except for some of the safe rooms, which are your safe. They are safe rooms as well. Like nothing <sighs> will go in there. Which and and they were an absolute savior. <laughs> so many times. No, 
It is incredible, the feeling of going into a safe room in a Resident Evil game. And just staying there. And and all of the Resident Evil games basically have the same save room um, tune that plays when you walk through. Mm. And it is the most delightful, like, warming sound. It's like a nice ever. elevator chime, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Something sort like of. That. It's like, yeah, you can look it up and hear his Resident Evil save sound or whatever. It's just when you hear that, you know you, you're good. Yeah. Except when you stand... Uh, uh, except, sorry, I was going to say except for the tyrant <laughs> who can bloody walk through them <laughs> sometimes. I think that's in I think that's in three that he can come in. In two, you, in two you're safe. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Or is it Nemesis that comes in? Uh, yes, Nemesis comes Ooh. in in number three. So... So that sort of brings. Uh, I think we'll, we'll get to the villain, and we've covered him before, but we'll get to that shortly. But yeah, so how this how this building the building that's already terrifying. Um, not only are you struggling just to, <laughs> you know, you take your time in the safe spots because you think I'm just going to look around here for a while because mm-hmm. as soon as I get into this next area, I'm going to have to gun it through these zombies. And yeah. the zombies are the most terrifying part of the game. Oh, this is going to be really difficult, but at least I know what it is. As soon as suddenly without warning, this entire mansion essentially becomes this playhouse for what is called Mr. X, this like what, <laughs> 10 foot tall, hulking, uh, leather jacket wearing, trench coat wearing, um, yeah. zombie, silent dude. Yeah, he's basically like a, fr- he's, he's almost like a big Frankenstein experiment. He is, by yeah. Umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, massive Frankenstein thing the game changes completely mm. and you suddenly have none of the leisurely time to think and for the next probably what maybe three hours two three hours at least yeah well yeah he's i mean he sticks around to the very end of the game but as far as him stalking you it's a, a, at least a couple two to three hours probably but like that it would take to figure out where to go um because you actually you actually uh solve the puzzle with the seals and go down to the basement before even running into Mr. X. And and you wouldn't think you wouldn't think you'd end up trapped in the police station again. And you wouldn't think anything's gonna get any worse after you have your first um sort of like real run in, at least in Leon's story, not Claire's, with William Birkin, the monster, um, from the Spencer Mansion, who you fight in the basement. And he has a massive eyeball on his shoulder. Yeah. And a bunch of spots where you shoot all this stuff and um, you, you end up fighting past him and he kind of like yeets himself over a balcony to get yeah. away because he's going to, he yeah. wants to get safe or whatever. So you, you don't think anything could get worse. And then you go up on this sort of balcony rooftop and there's a chopper that's crashing the side of the building and all this stuff. And you think, oh, how am I going to get around that? Well, Mr. X is there and he lifts the chopper yeah. up with one hand, I think, or two, both hands. And just absolutely charges you out of nowhere. And I think Leon screams, Jesus Christ, or something like yeah. that. And uh, then it's on. It is. Basically, that's it. You, you just got to, you're on the run for and like it, three hours. <laughs> yeah. And a quick word on Leon before we jump into Mr. X, who is, of course, the the feature of the game. So, Leon, what, he's a very typical 1990s half anime sort of character. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just the, the blonde guy. With you know a bit of a bowl cut, but the the dreamy looks, uh, yeah, he's almost pretty stereotype, yeah, character yeah. at least for like the late nineties especially. Yeah. He's very mm. uh, yeah, he looks like he could be in a Final Fantasy game, really. <laughs> if you get, yeah, 
push his hair out a bit, get a bit yeah. of spikes going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight in. And uh, there's just something about him. It's like a, I don't know. You you you, you could put like Chad Michael Murray from the early 2000s into his role. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Freddie Prinze Jr. Freddie one Prince of these Jr., guys. for sure. One of, the, one, of, <laughs> one of these guys. And yeah. he... Uh, Somehow we'd get Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we would too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And then he... Um, I was going to try to imagine... I was just trying to imagine Adam Sandler in that and something he'd say, and it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> uh, and basically... Yeah, I think the the one. So there's nothing really to point out about Leon that's memorable outside of just being the the guy you play as. Yeah. But I think he's. I think the one thing that there's the downside of him is, and it's a case with so many games where he's he's really you don't get any emotion from him, and I think that's the nineteen oh you know the nineteen ninety eight or two thousand mm. uh, time that this game was made originally coming through. Yeah. Because he just goes like you said. He'll just swear a bit there um, when Mr. X comes out, but it's just like a oh wow, he really got me good there, <laughs> and yeah. then you just and then you run away and you're feeling panicked. But Lee on the whole time is just like, eh, that's not bad. Like you get injured, he might limp a bit, but mm-hmm. you never really get any like real exasperation from him. Yeah, um, which is probably the only. It doesn't break the illusion, but if he had a bit more emotion uh, and felt your your fear a bit that would make the game even more terrifying. Yeah. I guess that's that kind of carryover from probably him being like that sort of bona fide hero of the late 90s. Yeah. That can, that can action take, hero. take on anything. anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, and yeah. it is an action hero. Yeah, action hero. Yeah. yeah. And funnily enough, we like, yeah, Leon definitely says some pretty silly catchphrases. Um, and then, yeah, we we haven't talked about Resident Evil 7 and Village before on the podcast uh, in detail, but, yeah, in a funny contrast, Ethan uh, Winters of that game says a lot of stupid catchphrases, but we just, everyone hates him for it. <laughs> but he's never terrified either. No. And that's the weird no, thing. He's yeah. not he's not a hero, and nor is he actually, mm. does he embrace the fear, you know, you really get caught up in the fear. Yeah. Uh, but, but we don't want to talk about Ethan. Cause- yeah. Leon's my fave. Leon's my favourite protagonist in all the Resident Evil games I've played. And I mean, yeah. to be fair, he's the protagonist in two of them because I've played Resident Evil 4 now as well. And Leon, um, yeah, he just... When I think of Resident Evil now, I think of I think of Leon Kennedy. He's just that, yeah. He's the action star of Resident Evil. Mm. And Jill's great too in 3. Like, she's a good character. Um, but I think just generally there's something about Leon. He's kind of like the shining light of the series. It always, it'll always come back to him somehow. Yeah, and I think again with Ethan, Ethan did bring in that more normal guy in a really freaky situation, which was a bit more terrifying. Yeah. But he didn't have the personality of the suit, mm-hmm. so they've never quite had it right mm-hmm. with the, with the personality of the protagonist yeah. to make it a proper horror game. It's yeah. like they're always ready to make it into an action game, which they gradually did. But Resident Evil Two, it really stayed. It was it was quite the pure uh, horror. Um, at, mm. at many times, so so that's Leon, but he has nothing to do, nothing on the villain, as we'll discuss now. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, he's kind of hard to discuss. There's not much to him, which sort is sort of fine. like hard to understand what it is at all. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, Mister Mister X, you're talking yeah. about, yeah. So in why, why he has a hat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the, it's literally just for just for Leon to shoot off. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. You can shoot his hat off. So, as soon as he comes in, yeah. as Will mentioned, he, he comes in and he 
pushes this um, helicopter out of the way. And you just think, oh, okay, there's this big guy is walking slowly after me. Surely this is a boss battle, right? Mm. You turn around and shoot him. Nothing, not even a flinch. You can shoot him in the head and it shoots his hat off and you get an achievement for it, which is fantastic. How good. And then after a bit, so well, you just- when, Sorry, when you shoot his hat off, he bloody gets faster too. He does. He gets a bit cranky at you. <laughs> so what happens is, but this is all walking. So yeah. what you do is you realize you're not hurting him and you think, all right, I'll get to a safe place. He's just going to haunt this corner of the building. Mm-hmm. You run into the next room. You hear boom, 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 boom. And you go, oh, he's coming through the door. Run away from the door and he just kicks it open oh, and comes towards you. God. So you go, all right, I'm going to run into the foyer area. Because yeah. this is like a big save area, a safe space, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, the foyer. It's this massive foyer area. Him in the foyer. That and what is, you do is- oh, That's actually giving me like the shivers. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. So, you say you're coming from, you know, the east wing of the building. Mm. You go to the foyer, which is in the center, and you think, all right, I'm just going to go up to the balcony on the opposite side of the, the foyer, and he won't come there. This is just a game. You can hear his footsteps coming from the distance again. Oh. And he comes into the foyer, looks at you, because he, I think his vision sort of fixes on you. Yeah. And he, he starts actually- and he paces up to the stairs exactly where you've gone. Mm. Run away again, whatever. Can't hear his footsteps. You can go into the darkest and you go, okay, from here, I've got to go into this darkest part of the building, which was terrifying before. Mm-hmm. But this is the only way I can get away from him. Yeah. You go deep into that again. Once again, boom, 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 and he just comes in through the room and mm. it's just like, I have no idea what to do. And probably for the first half an hour of him stalking you, you just think, what do I do? I'm just going to run away from him. Yeah. How do I kill him? Then you realize after half an hour, okay, I can't stop him. I must keep going with my mission. So the next, like we said, two to three hours, you've got to keep doing the same activities you were doing while this big bastard who can kill you in one hit, that's worth mention, yeah. literally follows you everywhere. And yeah. if you, you could sprint, because he, he just walks, you can sprint, run to the other side of the building. It'll give you probably one minute of time before he, before he catches you again. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll always come. Yeah. And, and even with save rooms, um, you can, yeah, as we said before, you can go in them and get a break, but- if you have to go back out the way you came in for the for the mission, he's going to be just chilling there. You know he's going to be either out the door or he'll be walking around somewhere, and he'll know. Yeah, he'll know who you left, so he'll eventually come. So you always you get they're not even it's not a room where you feel safe. It's just to have a break from the despair because you you're going to go back out and you're going to get chased again. You just have to pump yourself up for it, and then even with some save rooms sort of cut between the building and you, you can go out the other side to a different sort of part. So, mm. I think even from like the somewhere in like the east or west side, you can go through a save room, come out the other side of the save room and then just in near the foyer. Yeah. So, it's like it's like a little break between. You slowly open up more but then, parts, yeah. Yeah, you might get a break from, the t- uh, from Mr. X in the save room, but you come out the other side, Mr. X will eventually, he'll, he'll just reset somewhere and then he'll just come for you. Yeah. There's no like barrier. No, <laughs> he'll always be there. Yeah, it's uh, it's so bad, and the sound, oh god, the sound of his footsteps coming in the distance, especially when you don't, you can't pinpoint where he is. It's one of the most terrifying uh, gaming experiences ever. Yeah, it is. Ever. And the thing is, as well, you, so you get an idea. Obviously, like, oh, he was coming from that way. He'll be over there. 
but as he's getting closer, it goes from dum dum to dum 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 dum. And he, like he starts walking oh, fast and speed just, up. Oh, it's purely it's truly terrifying. And I, so just to I do sorry, I do just quickly want to say as well. You said before that with the first half an hour of it, you kind of just run away and you don't know what you're doing. You just have to keep running. Yeah. The worst part about it is, and people that were Resident Evil Two veterans who play this the first time, they probably knew better. But we were. Uh, newbies to the series yeah. so we didn't know and you just keep putting the bullets into him and there's so there's such little resources in the station mm. that mm. you bloody run yourself drive everything with just trying to shoot him yeah so not only you're out of everything yet you, you can't get him off your back and you just got to keep running until you figure out what the hell you need to do next and most of the time it involves having to have resources so you got to go around and find more which can take time and you don't know where the hell to look for them it's mm. just like you dig yourself into the biggest hole so fast it's the disaster and not to mention, if you're ever turning around to see where he is following you and you're in a dark hallway by chance and you just turn to, you put your torch on him because like pitch black in most of it mm. and you just see him crouching in to get through the door because he's so giant and you just see his white head. <laughs> you just see his white head with the black eyes. Yeah. You're just like, nah, I, just, I might just quit the game right now. Yeah. And that's not to mention the fact that zombies and the lickers and the like still exist in the building. It's not like because the it's not not, it's not like, like because one Mr. Shows the up other. that he's the only thing around. Yeah, he's still got to dodge everything else. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just not the most uh, pleasant uh, time, is it? No, he's just he really is just the concentration of all the tension in the game mm. <laughs> in one body. Uh, and he's yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it just proves that he's not like a, a flash in the pan or even because he does stay on once you do eventually lose him in the police station by just rabbiting your way through the whole thing mm. and just trying to find different things. And again, you might get to one room and you think, yeah, good, I found this bit. I can go on. And then you, yeah, but then you, I, don't, I don't know, you open up a drawer with a key that you finally found and it has like a code in it. Like, I've never seen anything that needs a code. Then you're going to spend the next like half an hour just trying to find <laughs> the thing that needs the code. And you're just shooting yourself going, ah, the whole time because yeah. he's just behind you and you don't know where you're going. Uh, and it's just- um, I love how- uh, yeah. I love how- it- eagerly we talk about it and like smiling when we talk about it but it was such a terrible time when oh. we did it <laughs> it's 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 the smile of fear oh yeah. we're laughing because it was like it was so grim yeah but, it is grim but it really forces you to be brave and sort of i guess tackle what you'd probably would have previously considered really like the terrifying enemies like these zombies mm-hmm. in the room yeah. suddenly you're just like i've just got to do it well i have so- to do it i have no choice yeah. suddenly there's no there's when I mentioned before about bracing yourself to run past something like the liquor, all of a sudden uh, that fear is gone because it doesn't matter because no matter what happens, the Mister X will show up at some point. <laughs> so yeah. you just have to get your way through it at all costs, basically. Yeah, you and know? that's a th- and yeah, exactly. And so if you even if you don't think, oh, by comparison, they're nothing. I'm fine with them now. I'll just I'll mm-hmm. just have to get through them. Yeah. If you're like me, and perhaps you as well, will. And you think these things are just as terrifying, but now I have to rush in. It makes the game takes it to the next level. Yeah, Mister X isn't necessarily the maximum level of intensity. Mm. It all stacks up constantly. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's overload. It is completely. And the yeah, Mister X. Yeah, it's he's a funny, funny character. He's not even necessarily like he's he's your main antagonist, I guess, in a sense of he's the most dangerous and he's. Uh, he, he he's part of the game the most of all of the uh, bad guys, I suppose. But at the end of the day, he's just kind of like this super monster that has been sent sent in there to, to get you. 
by the corporation that's actually the true enemy. So he's, like, he's not even basically a Terminator. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's he's a really funny dynamic because that's definitely you play Resident Evil Two. This is what you remember from the game because of course it takes up the majority of the biggest chunk of the game of anything. Hmm. But it's by far the the most memorable experience from the game by a mile. Yeah, easily. And you, you just remember exactly what it looks like. His big trench coat, his big big stature, his bloody dooming loud footsteps. Mm. Um, yeah, and that big bloody roundhouse punch that he can give you. Oh yeah, shocker! There's that one bit in the library where you got to where you got to pull the sort of library stalls together to you make a bridge. Spin the, the wheel top. to move the um, library shelves. Because you got to make it so that you can get across the top of them up the mm. top, and you got to go down the bottom repeatedly. There's a ladder and also stairs. Yeah, and you can get him sort of wedged on the stairs if you move between them <laughs> quick enough. But he's, he's yeah. just he's just like I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get. You can kind of get him up and down the ladder. Yeah. you're on the other ladder. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's tricky. So yeah. the uh, I guess the best thing about him though, and the, this is again because we didn't play the original, mm. someone else, many other people might have thought. I know exactly what he's going to do, so it's not going to. It'll be intense, but I'm not going to be scared mm-hmm. because I've experienced this before. The thing is, playing this in 2019, and this was a 20 year old game, a remake of a 20 year old game. Mm. You're not really expecting to get such unique boss battle experience or such unique take on a game. Uh, unique no. at the time, sure, because because uh, you know it was early enough to be the first of its kind in mm-hmm. many ways. But by 2019. If you get an experience such as that, that makes the game what it is. Mm-hmm. How the hell has every single horror game since not taken this concept and built upon it? Now, we've got Dead Space. We do get the regenerating necromorph, Ugh. which is similar. I hate those things. Well, and then Alien Isolation. Mm-hmm. And and this is actually this is a, something, a, a parallel I'm, ma- I'm realizing right now, right? Uh, so Alien Isolation, you get the relentless um, xenomorph, mm. <laughs> xenomorph yeah. necromorph, um, yeah. who, you know, who follows you but will appear at different points, a different thing, but just as oh, terrifying, yeah. terrifying. Well, that's got its own sound cue. It does. That's shocking. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we get um, Resident Evil 7 where Jack Baker, he's, he at times will walk through the house stalking you mm. and Marguerite. So all of these, he just smashes through walls right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. So these games, these are probably my top four horror games, really. And they've all got this factor where they're not just jumps, but they have one enemy at different points or what recurring or constant whatever, mm-hmm. who you just can't beat, who will always follow you, and it makes the horror like so much more ridiculously intense than anything else has done. Mm-hmm. So again. You know, why the hell haven't games just copied this uh, since? Because, again, how could it be unique and a unique experience for us Yeah, uh, uh, 20 years into our own gaming lives? I know. Yeah. Um, well, this might hmm. be a very quick segue. We can come back to where we were, but I had just thought of something, uh, written something down about Resident Evil 2, the sort of significance to us. Because I think like Resident Evil 2 Remake was both of our first venture into this world, right? Yeah. Like, like as in as properly completing a game. Mm. Like we both probably tinkered with different RE games growing up a little bit. Particularly uh, Resident Evil 5, than, I tried. I saw 5 once and yeah. I'd, I'd seen the movies. That was my experience. It's like we didn't know 
any better about Resident Evil. God really, no. we had no idea about it. We probably thought it was stupid or something. Like we probably thought Capcom. I don't know. We just wouldn't have been into it. And then I caught on to it. I played the demo for Resident Evil Two uh, on my Xbox One. I think yeah, in late 2018. There's a demo that came out before the game released, and I don't really know why. I think I think I was telling you about it, and. I wouldn't say you were against it, but you were kind of just like at the time you would have just said, "Oh, that's cool." Like, no, no, we didn't. We hadn't played Resident Evil before, so there was no like distinct interest, really, like no. from you or from me, other than I played this demo and I was like, "Oh, it was actually quite cool." I just had crappy third-person you know? shooter in my mind. Yeah, and I, and so and I don't I don't even know why I played the demo because I never played Resident Evil. I just did. I don't know. I just downloaded it and I played it on my old Sonic. HD t- tally. You're a strange man. And I did. And uh, the game released uh, 2019 and I, I just straight up bought it day one. I was like, I'm going to play this. Screw it, you know. And the demo doesn't feature Mr. X. So, talk about unique experiences that I walked into uh, by accident <laughs> that I bloody regretted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish was I was there. I absolutely the- crapping myself. I wish I was there for that moment. Oh, my God. I was absolutely crapping myself. But I loved... I love every minute of the game from start to finish. I thought it was so good. And uh, I lent the game to you shortly after just mm. because I, uh, I don't know, I just needed you to have a go at it. I was like, you need to try this game. Like, it's such a good game. And I knew you would enjoy it, which did, mm. uh, which made me happy then. And then obviously we've gone on to play three, seven village, um, basically all together. Uh, five. Um, and five. We've been playing together. I've played You've played four. four. Yeah. I've played four. And four remakes, yeah. Before remake out is out soon, which hundred percent oh. playing. Oh, add that to my list. Yeah, yeah, that's your your order list. Twelve. <laughs> Resident Evil Four remake should be priority on the list. That'd be so good with yeah. Leon Kennedy. Um, yeah, so I think just what you said there about unique experiences. It's worth talking about. Yeah, Resident Evil Two remake being a real kickoff point for our enjoyment of Resident Evil in general. Mm. Um. And still one of the highlights of the series, what we've played easily. Well, I'm very glad that seven, well, went beyond it really, in many ways, mm-hmm. for the pure horror perspective. Yeah, uh, because <laughs> after two, seven, oh. yeah, we're playing two, then playing three. I went, oh, this is the wrong change up for the series. It should have stayed, kept the foot on the, you know, the horror throttle. Yeah, and it went off, and then. Seven, because I, re- I remember seeing five because I knew what five was going to be like because, again, that was what I saw when I was a mm. kid and I how bad that looked then yep. and it looked terrible now, <laughs> like, of course. Uh, just, oh, yeah, it looks Just awful. a muddy, muddy game. Terrible. Um, and then I knew six was a more of an action game again, but first person, I believe. Uh, uh, I don't think so. Okay, okay. I think seven's the first first person okay. game. Yeah. And then, yeah. then So then when seven came along again, I was like, thank you. And we played it. I was just like, thank God they've gone back to the horror because I was, I don't know how they've made eight games or seven games when only one of them was the truly satisfying game. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you've played four since. I know four is the, probably the crowd favorite. But for me, I just wanted the horror in it. But uh, but anyway, I digress. Yeah. No, it's, I just thought it's worth bringing up that it's uh, two is uh, likely the most meaningful uh, game in the series to us in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because it was, it's our sort of roots into the series. Yep. Um, just to finish on Mr. X and all that police station segment, there is, before we leave the station for good, um, Leon has to go down, uh, well, not 
yeah, down. But he, he sort of goes to this parking garage and he can't get access. He needs an access key. Mm. So he ends up going all the way down to um, a cell block and he finds a cop in a, locked in a cell that's turning. Yeah. Right? And he eventually gets back down. You know, whatever happens. Um, yeah, I think he might even go there before. I can't remember the actual order. But basically, um, he needs this key card and the cop's wearing around his neck. And he realizes, so you go back down to the cells and there's this one moment where you're to the very back of the cell block, you're right down there, it's sort of a maze down there and I think an alarm sort of gets triggered or something once you get the key card and a lot of gates open up and there is a ton of zombies that come out of the cells. You remember what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. And this is yeah. like whole Jumanji of zombies coming yeah. out of all the cells. <laughs> right, and you yeah. think, oh my god, how am I going to get out of here? And then who shows up at the back of the of the back of the line at the very end of the corridor? Freaking Mister X comes straight through, <laughs> charging through all these zombies like a stampede. Hectic. Yeah. Absolutely hectic moment, and you just got to get yourself out of there at any cost. <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy moment. I just wanted to bring that up before we moved on. Well, yeah, it just captures he his versatility. That's mm. more of an action sequence, really, if anything. It is absolutely horrifying when you yeah, see yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I know it's action based, mm. but you when you see the whole herd of zombies, you don't think it can get any worse. And then it's like it is the most true despair of all time when you see him come <laughs> into frame. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, that's what I mean. So <laughs> it's it's a terrifying thing. But like, yeah, it's just like you sort of think because he's got because he's built like such a big unit. Mm-hmm. He does have the capacity to be a boss battle or a big yeah you know thing to come up against as well. So yeah. he's a versatile man, Mister X. Yeah, for sure. Not going to dive too deep into the rest of the story. Um, I think the police station part of the Mr. X is kind of where it hits its real high. Um, but like some notable stuff happens here on out. You, you, you do escape from the parking garage, although the t- Mr. X tries to kill you in there. He basically holds you up choking. Um, but a previous person you met saves you the day by hitting him with a van who, uh, by the name of Ada Wong, who's basically like a, she's like a sort of spy, I guess, yeah. sort of mercenary. Uh, and she wants to, find evidence to uh, as to like frame umbrella for everything that's happened not yeah. frame obviously they did it but yeah, you yeah, know what i mean yeah. to sort of ping it pin it on umbrella um so she she's always got a sort of own agenda she's a bit funny but basically she saves leon from mr x and this sort of truck explodes so you think mr x is gone for good and obviously he won't be go on and going back to the 90s theme mm-hmm. nothing's more 90s than ada wong a spy slash special agent (laughs) dressed a tad provocatively. Yeah, a tad. Just a tad. Just a tad, you reckon? Just a tad. (laughs) No, no, I don't know how Mr. X concentrate. (laughs) Yeah. He'll be scratching to find his hat. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can't see him without a hat on. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, so Ada Wong, she's an interesting character who's sort of... um, uh, is a recurring character in some other Resident Evil games as well. From there, um, she's Resident Evil Four and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so she like it's she's fine. She's interesting enough, and she sort of like tags up with Leon a little bit there. Um, it's a really sad scene after leaving the police station where you go into a gun shop just just near down the road, and there's a father in there that is basically telling you to get out because he's trying to have his last moments with his daughter that's basically turned. Mm. And he's keeping her locked inside the back of the shop. Because he doesn't want to get rid of it. He doesn't want to 
He doesn't want her daughter, his daughter to go. Yeah. And he doesn't want to let go and all this stuff. It's like a really sad moment. Um, It is. It's like sort of hits you off uh, out of nowhere. You've just kind of come out Mm. of this like five hour battle with Mr. X. And then all of a sudden this this sort of sad moment with the father. It's a bit bit depressing. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is a bit depressing. And the, um, the, I think it, it leads perfectly into you know maybe it's maybe the last of us will that sort of mature horror story you mm. know survival horror wouldn't have been a thing without this fella and his the story of this fella and his daughter so yeah but yeah from there I mean sewer time uh, you end up down there the tyrants the tyrant Mister X sort of comes back and you're sort of forced down that direction but it sort of works out because um, <laughs> we're skipping the sewers completely. Just oh, sludgy no, green shit the and there's a big just, frog and it's just yeah. terrible. The, the the thing about Resident Evil games, which I think is it's fair to say it's a bit of a problem, is that they tend to ramp the action up in the last act and give the main character a lot of weapons that are not, I guess, suspenseful. Not at like all. Like machine guns. Bazookas. Heavy shotguns. Shotguns are okay, but like, yeah, like hmm. rocket launchers, things like that. They're not the- precise. Uh, they're not precise weapons to save. They just uh, go and shoot your ass off for the last act. And yeah, it's not. Well, you spend the first two acts of this game shooting zombies that move super slowly with a pistol, and it can take five, six headshots to put a zombie down. Hmm. So that's why the resource management in the first two two acts of the game is so crucial. Uh, but then you know you get you gain something like a machine gun towards the end of the game, hmm. um, and it sort of loses its edge. And totally. it's a, it's a really recurring theme in every uh, Resident Evil game I've played. It's we've the played. yeah thinking of seven. That's my hmm. my. Unfortunately, the last thing I think of seven. When I think of seven, I think the first two acts is great. Like mm-hmm. I'd never consider the third act in it. Like, yeah, like I never think in whole of the game entirely. Mm. as fantastic which is really yeah. annoying yeah um and yeah that's <laughs> so it's sort of a it's sort of a bummer that, that happens not that the game itself like turns really ugly or anything like that but it's just it loses its edge a little bit in the terms of the horror aspect especially when you well i don't know if you say especially but when you get through the sewers and get to the secret super uh science umbrella base known as nest mm. which we've which we did cover in the Resident Evil 3 episode because yeah. the Resident Evil 3 uh, game ends in a very similar fashion, like a similar location, everything to Resident Evil 2. Yeah. They've sort of run, like you said, side by side. So Nest is a big sort of um, lab under Raccoon City where they're doing a lot of big experiments and things like that. And uh, yeah, eventually, uh, I don't know, you, you go down there and you, <laughs> there's a few boss fights. You fight, the, you fight Mr. X as a big super tyrant yep. monster um, and you shoot him with a rocket launcher correct you use yes. a rocket launcher to take him down properly yes you do um, uh, it, uh, yeah and it's hard to remember distinguish between three in a lot of ways yeah, three, because it does take such a similar route three is like a massive um like i don't know what you call it like that's a, a big, rail gun like a rail gun yeah, yeah. whereas two is a proper r- rocket launcher that i and i think ada actually throws it down to you you're sort of stuck you're, You're stuck on, on a platform with yes. Mr. X and Ada throws you the launcher, um, who I think you previously thought uh, might have died as well. Mm. Um, 
Not to mention that 90s trope of uh, Ada and Leon kissing as they go down the elevator into the nest. Oh, yeah, because they met like a few minutes before. Yeah, you yeah. get that in. <laughs> That's classic, isn't it? Yeah, but um, yeah, we're not going to dive deep, super deep into the story today about Resident Evil 2. Cause I think that police station part is the real core hmm. um, of the game. But basically, yeah, Leon and uh, uh, eventually reconnects with Claire and, uh, and and a young girl that is running with Claire by this point, and they get out of Raccoon City and they sort of swear to um, keep the fight against Umbrella from here on out. Yeah, um, and, and it's a shame we've been meaning to, for quite a while, get to the Claire campaign mm. because there's actually a, a talk about Resident Evil 2 playing concurrent, uh, running concurrent with 3. There's actually two campaigns in the second game and we played as Leon, but there's a Claire one. Yeah. And she encounters Mr. X in her own thing. So, like, when you finally uh, brush Mr. X off uh, with Leon... In the same part of the, the Claire story, he suddenly starts stalking her and things like that. Like, yeah. it sort of works in that sort of way. But we never played them, played it, but would like to, but that's where Claire's been. So, Will well, says Claire's come back and she's actually been doing... If you're playing as Leon, you don't know what she's been doing, but then mm. there's an opportunity to do the whole story uh, separate. So, it's a, it's, a, it's a really deep game. Yeah, if we can ever get it in, we will. Uh, Add it when, to the 2023 list. When you've got your 2023 list that keeps growing by the minute, <laughs> I don't know where you're going to fit it in. But, yeah. but in contrast, Claire's story ends with a fight against a sort of heavily mutated William Birkin on a, a train. Yes, I where he's like coming at, coming after you on a big sort of train thing. So it's pretty different to um, Leon's finish. Leon's finish is a, a very sort of static fight with Mr. Rex of the launcher and all this stuff. So, mm. they do end in a pretty different way. There's a lot of different story points throughout. Um, I guess the motivations of both characters are pretty different. So, yep. it's probably worth playing at some point. But Claire herself is a good character from what you see in Leon's story. Um, and yeah, Leon's great. Mr. X is great. It's a, just a, it's an awesome game overall. I'm not really sure what else to say about it. I, I don't want to dive deep into the rest of the story, to be honest. <laughs> no. No, there's not much to dive deep into. But... It's time to get back to the old burning questions, William. Oh. And my question for you, and it's a similar theme to what we've covered already, but but I need an answer. So, we know too much of a good thing can ruin something for us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think that the Resident Evil series suffers from not quite finding um, a dynamic quite as effective as the prolonged Mr. X encounter in this game? And I'm, and of course, you know, if we if we think of Resident Evil Seven, I'm not trying to shape your answer here. Think of Resident Evil Seven. We do have these, you know, Jack Baker does attempt to fill it, but he doesn't quite last long. It's not quite the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's the closest you get to it. But do you think <laughs> every time from then on with Mister X, we're not quite getting the same uh, purchase almost? Yeah, it's it's never. Uh... I don't think they're ever going to be able to replicate it as effectively, but they clearly know that it is a formula that works because, of course, they re they sort of run it back with Jack Baker, sort of, um, but then in Village they also run it back with Lady Dimitrescu, Dimitrescu or whatever Dimitrescu, name, yeah. however you say it. Like there's a sort of whole section with her coming after you in the castle in, in certain areas, not the whole thing, um, but. This is something about Resident Evil games where it's like they can't commit to one 
um, mechanic. Mm. Like they have to sort of chop and change as the game goes on. Like they can't just think this is the thing for this game. Like this is the hook. Yeah. Whereas Resident Evil 2's hook is the Mr. X PlayStation section. Yeah. That is the hook of the game. And there was no, there's no real way to, there's no, sorry, there's no real reason to go away from that for very long. Mm. Um, so it's, I'm not sure that is, it, it is a problem because Resident Evil Village and Seven and Village we'll talk about in, in greater detail in a future episode, of course, because we want to. Mm. But Village is a very good example of a game that doesn't really know what the hell it wants to do. Like that game has four distinct sections throughout the village with four different main villains. And type type types that that all have very different sections. It's almost like four different short stories. And and like obviously the the first person gameplay of Ethan stays the same, but the the sort of horror tropes and mechanics in each, um, they don't they don't they don't add up at all. No. You know, it's it's sort of... They don't gel. It's a weird one. So, that's probably the best example of Resident Evil suffering from some sort of lack of... Um, direction. Direction in, in general... Uh, yeah, in general uh, horror tropes. Yeah. Not horror direction, yeah. Well, yeah, if you think of Resident Evil 8 uh, Village, uh, yeah, you're right because... We get Dimitrescu in the castle, uh, you know, stalks you and it's a bit creepy, but limits mm-hmm. it to certain areas, so not quite the same. But it's, you not, it's definitely the, not the same. No, but her daughters yeah. try to fill in the gap a bit. Then you go to the doll ha- the, the dollhouse, mm-hmm. which is creepy as hell. Not someone following you, but they've committed to a horror vibe there. And yeah, that's, sure. the, that's the scariest hour and a bit in the series, uh, nearly. Uh, most suspenseful, pure suspense mm. or anticipation. But then, uh, yeah, the... Then there's this weird action scenes. And what do you know? The horror themes, the horror scenes or sections are easily the strongest. Oh, yeah. So, it's um, yeah, it is strange. And I think, yeah, they sort of, it's like they go, oh, let's make something like Mr. X. They love that. Oh, but give him a gun. Give him a gun quick. Just do something. I'll shoot him. I don't know. Just give him a a rocket. Hurry up. Because I think I've said that about Resident Evil 7 before. It's the same thing at the end. You finish it with a massive, grandma turns into a massive monster. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah, and you shoot her with a rocket, some sort of rifle or rocket, or yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, th- I think the games would be much better off if they didn't give you all of the tools to overcome mm. the things that you're fighting. If they, if you had to do it with the scraps that you've had to find for the first two acts of each game, it would feel a lot more satisfying, mm. and you probably resonate a lot more with the character too. It's like especially Ethan, but I know we're talking about Resident Evil too, like Leon. You re- we we really like Leon, but I, I don't know. I feel like I would feel even better about him if he just just got through it with the pistol and shotgun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard to determine whether this game is whether this series is cheap or peak AAA. <laughs> it's really difficult. Half. Uh, pretty much the about strengths half and of every game There's troughs. is like the best thing you've ever played in your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other half is like, what the hell happened here? There's there's miles between the best and worst parts of this series. Yeah. Yeah, it is very bizarre. Mm. And it, there's, weirdly enough, that uh, that extends to not just the individual games having really good stretches and bad stretches, 
but the series as a whole and all the releases has had ups and downs mm. in the quality of the games in general. So mm. it's a really, um, it's a really funny um, case, Resident Evil. Really funny case that you could look into and dive deep about the whole series. Like, why did this go here? What? How did this happen? Strangely. And scratch your head the whole time. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate to be the guy that makes a Resident Evil documentary. I feel like it would run you ten years of your life. Oh yeah, <laughs> in a week. It would, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, did you bring any heat this week, Will? Uh, I didn't bring any heat. I didn't bring any heat, but I feel like you've. I feel like you've already copped enough embarrassment from um, your silly order list for 2023 and the games that you forgot, and just the general <laughs> um, lack of confidence that I have in you to finish that list. In ge- like, it's just yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I thought you were criticizing. Enough. I thought you were criticizing my own lack of confidence. Thought that's a bit much, but at the same time, valid. No, no, the lack of confidence I have for you to complete is just shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Uh, we'll so, see how I go. Look, I don't, yeah, I didn't bring up any question, but I truly uh, I truly challenge you to uh, commit to that list and, and complete the whole list. All right. I'll have a crack. Put, so, put Claire's campaign in there. Hey. I'm sure you can get that get that sorted. No, you have well. to borrow the game from me again. In for a dime, in Play for a dozen. Friggin' Xbox One again. In for a dime, in for a dozen. I reckon I've combined two sayings there. That's yeah, I'm not sure I've ever heard that before. In for a penny, in for a pound. That's the yeah, one. Okay. So dime that's probably a something dime, Leon would say. Dime a dozen's the saying. I was yeah, thinking. dime a dozen's the saying. Yeah. So, yeah. so final thoughts. Um, we've repeated, uh, you know, a few times. Mister X, fantastic uh, villain, almost the one of the peak, one of the best. And I think we spoke about in episode twenty-one. I think it was. Something like that, our best favorite villains. Yeah. Uh, so go back that. and check that out for other mm-hmm. riveting uh, villains. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Resident Evil 2, top five horror games for me, comfortably, probably four based on what I spoke about before. Mm-hmm. And who knows where it sits in that four. Maybe we'll have to rank them one day. <laughs> uh, um, rank <laughs> your top four horror games. My ranked. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Is that what you meant, or do you mean all your favorite games? Uh, I meant horror games, and I didn't give much thought to it, so we'll move on. I um, um, I will give I will give the game enough credit that the cap the dumb Capcom logo didn't ruin the game for me. <laughs> Seeing that stupid cartoon thing pop up in the yeah. middle of a horror game can really be a bit of a uh. I know, wet sail. Yeah, it is a real dampener of a logo, isn't it? Yeah. Considering that, yeah, that that's this for this series. Just do some like sort of edit to it to make it look like just black and white, scary looking. Just do a white one. Yeah. Which I think that I swear I saw one recently. Yeah, they could definitely just, easily change it to um, fit the theme. Yeah, if they wanted to. <laughs> like, am I playing Resident Evil versus uh, you know Marvel? Yeah, it's I'm playing Resident it's Evil. It's too like bubbly. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Too bright. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as we mentioned, or to, or we are to mention in the episode that the bonus episode these to come, or has already been, mm-hmm. will uh, this game kicked off my love of the remake? Yeah. Okay. Uh, unless unless Gears of War Ultimate Edition came first, but I attribute this and that to my faith in the remake. And you know, so long as the game industry. Still puts out new new content, of course. Uh, remakes, I think, absolutely have a place because really we're going to be old men one day and we're going to be spewing the, 
such and such generation didn't get to experience real games. Mm-hmm. And remakes make that possible. Yeah. So, and being from the generation we are, I don't know. I don't think kid, uh, kids might not do it now, but we'd play you know, our favorite games five times. Well, yeah. Before we'd finish it. It's and this gives to, us the opportunity to now. Yeah. It's sort of hard to know uh, with young kids, young young uh, adults these days, whether like how interested they are in playing remakes of games from further back. Like, do they actually care mm. about that? Like, I don't know. Uh, that's a story, uh, question for another time, but I'm just, uh, it's hard to know. Well, things like Game, game Pass, that sort of service, I think you've mentioned recently uh, elsewhere that it's sort of a sort of a tricky thing with something like Game Pass because you just think, oh, I can just play any game I want. I'll play it for five minutes, turn it off if I don't like it, whatever, move. But just you just bounce between yeah. the games. Yeah. Whereas you used to just buy them all, buy the one you wanted, yeah. played played it, even if for good or bad, but you played it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, ah, five minutes, I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah. It's a, it was a, just, just a different system. There weren't trade-ins back then, you know, yeah. all this sort of thing. So I think it's uh, remakes at least give people the opportunity to replay some of these classics. Yeah, absolutely. And Resident Evil 2 is, um, it'd have to be in like the top five remakes generally, I'd say, like just for games. Yep. It'd Set be, the standard. Set the standard. Be one of the better ones. Um, it's one of my favorite remakes for sure. It's not my favorite remake. Maybe we'll do an episode on our favorite remakes one day. But um, Top four. Yeah, my top four favorite remakes. But no, Resident Evil 2, just a final thought is, Anyone out there that's looking for a horror experience, if they're not, if horror is not their genre, but they think I could probably handle that, and I want something single player that's interesting, this is the one to go at. I reckon. Like, if you're gonna pick one, I feel like this is it. Considering how good it is, and also uh, the fact that it's a few years old and it's uh, not like expensive to buy mm. anymore, um, I think it's. It's a really, really pretty well, like well-rounded game with a great hook with Mr. X. Really good. We didn't even talk about it, but it's actually got great gameplay. Like the hmm. shooting and everything is really good. As good as it needs to be. It's yeah. really solid. Yeah. Um, and great graphics, great great atmosphere. It's not, yeah, not a lot to say bad about it. I guess, yeah, it's just that the final act in every Resident Evil game tends to um, spoil, um, spoil the party. But, yeah, great game. And um, looking forward to talking about seven uh, at Ooh. some point. Next year, that's, uh, another thirty. That's our favorite. In another thirty-seven episodes or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll get to the we'll get to the next Resident Evil in no time. Oh yeah. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Will. Thanks. Another thanks, riveting Lee. discussion. It's great to be back dissecting mm-hmm. games as we know best. Yes. With no structure. Yeah. List that list that I haven't put in order properly. <laughs> yeah. And of course, trying to uh, navigate the tricky world of not only our busy aristo- aristo- aristocratic lives styles, you know, up at the upper echelon of society, mm-hmm. yeah. but trying to remember or think when we're going to post our bonus episodes. Yeah. It might have thrown us, but, you know, we will survive. Yeah. Depends with whether we've recorded or not, I guess. Well, yeah. All these things we've referred to, we might not have even recorded yet. <laughs> yeah. How awkward. We used to say as well, uh, say we used to because obviously we've been we were gone for a little bit, but uh, we would say next week we're talking about this game. I don't know what we're going to talk about next. 
Will it be next week? Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. It'll be it'll be soon, like very soon. But I, I don't know what we're going to talk about next. But whatever it, is it will be, uh, I can't wait to be back with you talking about it. So thank you and everyone. Enjoy. Yeah. Farewell, everyone. <laughs>